Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. You are listening to Radio Islam, and I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. For our new listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, you are listening to Radio Islam, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're live streaming at www.wcev1450.com. We broadcast every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central from the beautiful, well, and right now it's a little, it's a little rainy and it's, and it's dark, uh, but we still love it, Chicago, Illinois. For those of you who are on social media, take a moment to follow us on your platform of choice, and you've only got three choices right now. Well, four, and that is, um, let's see, what is it, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we're all at the same the same username on each of those platforms and that is at Radio Islam USA and if you're following us on SoundCloud then that means that you are already looking forward to tomorrow around noon where tonight's episode will be up and ready in podcast form so that's generally the formula that we work with after we're off the air for the day we turn around and we have it up on SoundCloud you can follow us there at Radio Islam uh, once again, just to talk about the great feature of SoundCloud, it allows you to comment at any particular point during the during the um, the broadcast. At any point during that audio file, you can stop and make a comment, which is a great thing because if you're not able to get through by calling us at 312-750-1178, that is 312-750-1178. You can always leave your comment or question there, and we can check it and respond to it. Our Facebook page is open. If you have anything that you would like to add to the conversation tonight, feel free to post it there. We will be monitoring that throughout the course of this hour that is going to fly by. That just seems to be the case with time. So whether you are listening to us in the train, on and uh, in your car right now, or you've already made it home and you're just sitting back and saying, you know, it's Radio Slam time, uh, we want to say good evening to you, and we are always happy to spend this time with you. So Radio Slam family, we've got a few things that are up on deck tonight, and uh, I felt a little strange because. Our, our lead-in music, you know, it's really it's a kind of a festive type of uh, a feel to it, right? You just want to kind of just kind of shimmy along with it, you know. So it, and then I thought about some of the things that we're going to get into. I said, wow, maybe we should have started out with, with some like really sad music. But um, don't worry, don't worry. We're not gonna we're not gonna bum you out because we're gonna end our broadcast today on a really high note. We hope, right? But there are things that are going on in the world, as as always, that that seem to catch our attention, and you know, and we respond to them. We respond to them with 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 thought, careful thought, not being reactionary, not being emotional, but being thoughtful and measured in our response, looking at the big picture. So yesterday in New York. A a, despi- a despicable act of, of, of cowardice uh, took place 
and eight innocent people lost their lives. Now, anytime, anytime an individual, an innocent person, an innocent person's life is taken, that should resonate with us as human beings. You know, it doesn't matter what their, their gender, their faith, it doesn't matter what box they check, how they identify themselves. When an innocent person's life is taken, as it was yesterday, you know, because, you know, some, uh, some nut is, is riding and deciding to take out whatever his misinterpretations, whatever his uh, misunderstandings, whatever his mental condition or mental illness prompted him to do. When people lose their lives, you know, at, at the hands of, of someone else, it is a it's a sobering reminder, you know, of the of the of the world that we live in. But what I want us to I want us to do, Raider Slime family, I want us to take a step back for a moment. Because I I made some comments on an, another night where I was saying that we can't allow ourselves to be put in the position that we are constantly apologizing for things that we are not responsible for. And I mean this in, in, in all uh, sincerity and all awareness of the attack that is taking place on uh, against Muslims, against Islam uh, here in the United States and around America. And it is used as a wedge to keep us from the type of solidarity that is needed for us as Americans and as human beings. So what I want to talk about just a minute, just briefly, I want to talk about the politicization of death. And by that I mean that we mourn as a nation and we are angered as a nation over the lives of these eight, eight people whose lives were taken, and, and there were others who were injured. You know, that, that, sits, that sits with us in a way where we feel that we, we realize that something is wrong. You know, we, we're upset by that. We're hurt by it, right? People have lost their, their mothers or fathers. They've lost loved ones, right? They've been taken from this life, and we mourn, and we're, we're angry. We're angered by that, right? And that's, that's natural. But I also want to talk about or point our attention to, as I said, the politicization of death, where we overlook death that we have allowed to become normalized, death that we don't really pay attention to. And we probably should be paying attention to it. Because if we looked at the numbers if we looked at the numbers, and I'm going to share some of those numbers with you uh, tonight, in, well, right now. So, Radio Islam family, heart disease. Heart disease is responsible for, according to these statistics, and feel free to do your own due diligence and, and, and examine and vet these, 600 33,842 deaths annually 633,842 deaths cancer 
595,930. Chronic lower respiratory diseases, 155,041. Accidents, intentional, unintentional injuries, 146,571. Stroke or cere um, cerebrovascular diseases, 140,323. Alzheimer's, 110,561. Diabetes, 79,535. Influenza and pneumonia, 57,062. Nephritis, nephrotic syndrome, and nephrosis, 49,959. And intentional self-harm or suicide, 44,193. Now, of these that I mentioned, I want us to take a second and look at two of these. And the first is heart disease, 633,842. Now, I got these numbers just visiting the CDC, Center for Disease, uh, Disease Control, uh, visiting their website and looking at their numbers. And they, they track, you know, they've been tracking for years and years. And when I looked at this number of 633,842 and examining, right, heart disease, so heart disease is the leading cause of death for people of most ethnicities in the United States, including African Americans, Hispanics, and whites. And the numbers are about one out of four deaths are related to heart disease. One out of four deaths. Now, the question, the question becomes, well, how, how are people getting heart disease? What are some of the risk factors for heart disease that we are dealing with here right at home? Number one, diabetes, overweight and obesity, poor diet, physical inactivity, excessive alcohol use. Now I'm going to come back to these points in a second and I just want to look at the numbers. I want to look at the number. 633,842. Now, it's a number that we don't pay attention to, but we should, especially considering that the risk factors, the contributing factors to heart disease, are elements that are well within control, that are well within our ability to change, either through policy, through, uh, you know, through our advocacy, through awareness. So to think about that number of people dying each year, that is the population of Waco, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, Naperville, Illinois, Salt Lake City, and a third of South Bend, Indiana. I mean, can you imagine if each of these cities lost their entire population in a year, that everybody in those cities died, and a third of South Bend. So we're talking with cities, each of them with well over 100,000 people. And Salt Lake City having the most in that group with 190,000, almost 191,000 people. Or think about it on a larger sense, with some of the more some of the larger, I guess, mid-sized uh, mid cities. 
That's the whole population of Baltimore, Maryland. Gone in a year. Everybody, I mean, imagine, if you will, what will be the reaction? There would have to be some type of reaction. If everybody in Baltimore died of heart disease, the entire population, that's, that's the equivalent. Or Portland, Oregon, with 619,000 people. Or Las Vegas, Nevada, with 613,000 people. Or Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with 599,000. I mean, we think about the numbers that we ignore and that we are basically told to ignore on a daily basis because, and we're told to because these are not numbers that are covered in our media. There's no lobby that is spending the type of money that is being spent when it comes to discrediting Muslims and discrediting Islam. The type of money that is being spent in that effort I mean, it, it, pales, it pales in comparison to the amount of money that is being spent by cigarette manufacturers each year. Each year where they are spending, they spent over $9 billion. And this is, let me, let me take that back. It was just about nine. So just from 2014... The advertising and promotional expenses totaled approximately 8.49 billion. 8.49 billion. And that let, let me let me take that back. Let me take that back. I, I've, I've actually gotten ahead of myself. That that is a that is a different number. Radio Salon family, you will, you will excuse me. I want to move on to the. The, the next number, the the numbers stand. Uh, they they stand up, as far as heart disease, you know, being six hundred thirty-three thousand, and the cities, you know, having that absence. But when we go down and we look at the other, the other number that I want to look at, and I want to share with you, Radio Islam family, and if you would like to uh, give us a call, make a comment. That number is three one two seven five zero one one seven eight. That's three one two seven five zero. One one seven eight. So chronic lower respiratory diseases, and this is basically we're talking about uh, the the number one the number one cause of that would be cigarette smoke, whether firsthand or secondhand. Now the thing about this is tobacco related spending. Now now I'm now we're up to speed. In 2014, tobacco-related spending, cigarette advertising, and promotional expenses, they totaled approximately $8.49 billion. $8.49 billion. And even with the increase in cigarette prices, the numbers, the, the, the decrease has been, has been looked at around between 3 and 5%. Right now, that's that's still a lot of people, but when you look at the number of people that are that have that are losing their lives every year, and you have companies that are selling products and advertising those product products and spending billions and billions of dollars a year, and there's hardly any 
noise being made about it. There's not a political party that is up in arms. There's not a, a, a group of senators or congressmen that are up in arms that are making, you know, that, that are ready to filibuster. And the reason is, is because this loss of life is acceptable. This loss of life is not, is not outside of the realm of what we feel is normal. But we will take the time to demonize. We will take the time to, to look at a religion of over one billion, one and a half billion people. And judge them off of the acts of someone or people who, whatever their ideology is, that is not reflective of the one and a half billion, the majority of Muslims, the majority of people who ascribe to the tenets of Islam, and turn that into a political opportunity to take the attention away from where we should be looking at to take our attention away from the things that are actually really taking from the quality and the longevity of our lives. So if you've ever seen those commercials, those uh, tobacco commercials where you, there's a guy with the stoma, the, the thing in his neck, or um, the person that's, you know, is talking through that, that, that little box, you know, it sounds like a, a digital a computer or something like that. And realize that that's a product of somebody's budget. That's a casualty that we have been, that we have been, that we have accepted. And that should scare the crap out of out of, out of the average American because that means that there is not the type of there's not the type of not not even oversight but but what leader what leader is speaking about that we had our president immediately come out after finding out finding out about uh, this, this 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 guy who tried to commit suicide by cop and his first response was well, we need to spend all visas, all uh, whatever the visa that particular visa that that he had that allowed him to to come here. But at the same time, he's silent. He has no way in. As a matter of fact, none of our government uh, officials, none of our elected officials, seem to be saying anything about the death that occurs, that is, that has become normalized because. It is normal. It is a part of it is a part of our system. So I'm just suggesting to you that we not allow ourselves to get lost. I mean, absolutely it's absolutely it's it's horrible that these eight people that they lost their lives at the hand of, of, of a nut. And I don't wanna I don't want to uh to trivialize mental illness but if but if we can talk about mental illness as a possibility when it's a uh, when it's when the shooter is white when the terrorist 
or the domestic terrorist, when the perpetrator of violence uh, is white, we, when we can talk about his upbringing or we can talk about what made him who he is, then we can certainly do the same thing when it's a misguided individual who happens to say that he ascribes to Islam. Because the 1.5 billion or over 1.5 billion who live peacefully as members of their communities and societies contributing to society are a testament that, that, oh, that those are not the values that we ascribe to. That we should all, I mean, because if we're gonna if we're gonna make the exception, if we're gonna make the assertion that an individual possibly had mental issues when the perpetrator is a older white man as it was, or a middle-aged white man, as it was with uh, Stephen Paddock, who committed the, you know, the, the largest, um, was the largest number of, of, of people were killed on American soil by an American. If we can make those, take the time to look at the individual when, when it's this guy, then do the same, because this was obviously a misguided individual. But the dollars, the numbers don't tell you that. The attention is not, is not we're, we're not having a conversation in a way where we give, uh, where we give attention or any thought to a Muslim being anything other than an enemy. So I wanted to share those numbers just because uh, it's important that we realize that there, there, are, there is death that is sanctioned. And it's sanctioned in policies. We're talking about diabetes. Right? And we look at the sugar content of our foods. We look at uh, obesity. obesity. We look at the portion sizes of our foods. I had a friend from uh, Turkey. And he told me when he first came here that he gained about 20 pounds. And he didn't realize why until he went back home. And he realized that the portion sizes were so much different, so much smaller in Turkey than they are here. We're primed for obesity. We're primed for, uh, for diabetes. We're primed for heart disease. Because these are acceptable losses as long as the money continues to come in. And Islamophobia, once again, is the same thing. There are millions and millions and millions of dollars that are being funneled to create this, uh, this thing that we, that we look at this movement that has created distrust and fear. And there are people that are talking about Muslims and Islams who have, who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. But they are making millions of dollars in the process. So it's, it's a money. It, it's a money thing. And I don't want us to, uh, I don't want us to lose sight uh, because there are, there are numbers that we should be really up in arms about. And, and those numbers are in the hundreds of thousands. And it's happening every year. And these little, these attacks on our, our country of over 300, I think we're over 330 now, but our country of well over 300 million. These attacks by people that are following or uh, whatever ideology they call themselves following or promoting. They are not a drop in the bucket when you compare them to the number 
of people, the number of Americans, the number of United States citizens that are losing their lives every year, while we say absolutely nothing, while, it's at, while, while it is sanctioned. So I'm not going to go any further uh, on that, but I do want to, we're going to actually, um, we're going to actually get into some, some things that are a little more uh, lighthearted, if you will, uh, in a minute. So Radio Slime family, hope I haven't bummed you out too much. Uh, there's a lot that is going on, but let's make sure that we stay big picture people. Let's stay big picture. So this is Tariq Elamine. You're listening to Radio Slime on WCEV 1450 AM. And we'll be back with you in just a moment. When dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. On November 12th, Radio Islam will be hosting a benefit dinner held at Ashton Place in Willowbrook, Illinois. Our keynote speaker is Professor John Esposito, a long-standing ally of the Muslim community. We'll also feature an exhibit by the late Jack Shaheen. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com. Radio Islam is the first live daily radio show by Muslims. People are always talking about Muslims. It's time we talk back. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you. Welcome back to Radio Islam. It's another wonderful Wednesday. Well, it's actually what's up Wednesday. We didn't lead off with that. And none of you told me. So you should feel very, very bad about yourselves. Uh, but we are broadcasting once again from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. And just a moment, in just a moment, we're going to talk with a distinguished playwright theater instructor uh, a director and just probably one of the most just most awesome individuals that well the most awesome individual I've ever met uh, Zakia Elamine uh, are, are you with us? Yes I am. Assalamu alaikum Waalaikum salam how are you? Uh, I am good and thank you for taking the time to talk with us, talk with the Radio Slam family and I say she's the most awesome person that I've ever met folks. Uh, Radio Slam family this is my mother she is, <laughs> she is the she is the one who got me into theater at 
about what six years old or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you were about five or six years yeah, old. Five, yeah, <laughs> and and drug us around the city and had us performing at nursing homes at at malls. Yes, I did. They enjoyed you. They looked forward to all of your performances. Yes, well, thank you so much. And who would have known that I would have skyrocketed to the top and <laughs> landed at Radio Islam? <laughs> I tell you, just never know. <laughs> so. Uh, you have a long and uh, just a, a great, a great history of uh, of work in the theater arts. And I mean, you worked with young people. You've worked with adults. Uh, you have written how many plays? Have you written? Oh gosh, I'd say over fifty. About fifty, over fifty. Over plays. fifty, definitely okay. over fifty. Okay, and you spent about what ten years as the. Uh, uh, drama drama director, drama coach for High Park High School. On yeah, the South Side I of Chicago. Did. Yeah. Now tell us tell tell the Radio Slam family a little bit about that because your students uh, they had the distinction each year, I believe, of uh, of placing in the AXO competition, which is the tell tell tell, tell folks about that just a little. Okay, bit. Uh, the NAACP AXO competition. Uh, it's uh, done every year. And my students, I entered them in the category of drama. And they, uh, the first one, they won third place. Mm-hmm. And every year after, they were first, second, third, and a couple of years, they were all three places. Okay. So they, they did quite well. They did quite well. Yes. Uh, it was an after-school program. And they came... Uh, Every day, or four days a week, mm-hmm. and they were they were really good. We performed three performances uh, a year. Uh, we did a dramatory, a spring performance, and a Black History play. So, uh, and they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now you've kept because the work that you do has gone beyond simply writing the plays and directing actors or aspiring actors teaching the um, teaching theater arts but it's also been as a I guess as a second mother as a, as a mentor as well right yeah yeah uh, I I've kept up with uh, quite a few of my students uh, from Hyde Park and before that it, from Gresham School and uh with the play that I'm doing now, I have one of my former students. He has a part in it. And uh, he's quite good. <laughs> okay. Well, th- that, was, that was a good segue, uh, Mom. That was a very good segue. So the play that you are doing now, so you've been doing work um, as the, um, the, I guess, the, the theater director, director of theater arts with uh, Meshed Antakwa. Yes, yes. We... Uh, have a collaboration. I teach uh, theater arts to the youth of the Masjid and the some outside of some of the com- community children, and uh, we do two performances with the youth a year, and uh, they they enjoy it and it, it's uh, something good to keep them occupied and focused. Right. So I have I have been talking with uh, the Radio Islam family about the play every couple of days. I mention it just to just to tell them that I have a very small part at the end, 
Um, <laughs> you know, which I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that small part. It's crucial, but it's small. <laughs> yeah, it's a small part. But uh, the heavy lifting is being done by the, I mean, you've got an intergenerational cast. You've got young and young at heart. Right? Yes. So yes, yes. first off, I mentioned the, the name of the play, but why don't you go ahead and tell us the name of the play, and then, uh, and then I'll ask you. Then we'll talk about some of the, the some of the challenges and rewards of working with the intergenerational cast. Okay, uh, the name of the play, of course, is In Spite of, and uh, I looked at situations that families are going through, and what inspired me to write this story, this play. Uh, I had quite a few friends who were going through similar situations. And uh, so I, I thought I'd uh, write the play and with the message being that as a family, you can work things out, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that, that is the message, you know. Families work together no matter what challenges you face, whatever struggles. I mean, it's difficult. And, you know, sometimes you just want to close the door on it. But, you know, you face it and you work through it. And so uh, this play is about the the two families that are facing crisis and how their paths connect. And uh, they overcome them. All right. So what are some of the, the challenges that you found in working with uh, with such a diverse age group? Well, <laughs> young people are impatient, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are, uh, you know, it's difficult to kind of keep them focused, so their rehearsal time is, you know, limited, but but you have to do more with them more often, right. Where uh, whereas the, the more seasoned people are focused, they are... Uh, they meet challenges, and I am very proud of the the seasoned actors that I have now. Yes. They've done a, a remarkable job. So uh, I think this play is going to be uh, entertaining, um, lessons learned, and uh, it's, a, it's a good way to spend a Saturday night. Yes. So what day is the play? It's November 11th, 6 p.m. curtain. You must be on time. We are starting on time. Uh, it's at Chicago State Breaky Theater. That's at 95th and King Drive. And you can get tickets uh, at Eventbrite, and they're $25. Right. Now, the thing about theater that is different from a, from a dinner, because just about... I won't say every dinner, but quite a few dinners that I've been to, uh, and those who are in the in the in the region in this local area know that the advertised time is not always the actual start time. But with theater, it is different. Very different. Curtain call. We are starting on time for those people who are uh, what is that uh, late and. Uh, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. please start a half an hour earlier. <laughs> right. Because we will start at 6, 6 o'clock curtain. Yeah. Well, so. I'm hoping I know that you are busy, uh, that you're busy with uh, rehearsals 
And well, let me ask you one other thing. You do, and I've seen this myself, but but share it with the Radio Islam family. Uh, and just to remind you all, our number is three one two seven five zero one one seven eight. If you should have if you should have a question, um, for Zakia Alamine, uh, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer. But you do the work of what, like ninety seven people. So, at least. <laughs> yeah, it said at least 97 people. So you okay. do the the sets, the set design. Yeah. And the costumes. Well, you've just started, right, just kind of I contracting out. I just started farming things out. Yeah. But, uh, and that's just been for the last three years. But prior to that, I would do my set design. I'd make my sets. I'd do the costumes. I gather props. I'd write the play. I train the people, and uh, everything else—tickets, programming, marketing, whatever. You are because a, theater is my passion. Yes. yes. <laughs> and when you when you're doing something that you're passionate about, it, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, and then you know when you you know theater can be extremely expensive. Yes. So I realized uh, early on that uh, I had to learn to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. keep the budget down. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you so much, uh, my wonderful mother, for <laughs> Well, thank you for, for uh, allowing me to come on and talk about the play. Well, it's, it's a pleasure. And we want to, you know, uh, this is funny because I remember coming into Radio Islam uh, with you to interview um, when uh, when the previous host uh, was on when uh, I think it was, it was still yeah. Olivia and had no idea I'd be sitting here <laughs> talking to you on the phone now uh, isn't that something I had laryngitis and you had to talk for me yes I did yes I did <laughs> so Radio Slam family hoping that you can come out on November 11th 6pm at Chicago State's Breaky Theater um as uh, my mom said, uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. And thank you again for, for uh, allowing us to talk with you for a minute so you can, you know, get back to uh, ruling the world, uh, whatever is it. Whatever. <laughs> back to the grindstone. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate right. that. <laughs> thank you, Mom. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Radio Slam family. We're going to take a short, short break. And we will be right back. And we want to share just a little info about some upcoming events that are taking place that you probably have not heard about. And that's actually a joke. You have heard about this. But we're going to talk about it just for a minute when we get back. So you listen to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM. We'll be back in just a minute. I shoved the envelope under my sweater and sneaked through the kitchen. Mom was on the phone in the front room. I didn't want to have to explain anything. I just wanted to be by myself. Clutching the envelope tightly, I stepped onto the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse. Something caught my eye above me, and I looked up. <gasps> Light! It looked as if there were a firework display going on inside the treehouse. Crackling and snapping and whizzing sounds spun around above my head. Light shot out and sparks dancing to the popping of noise. My first thought was to scream fire and run to the house to get mom. My legs trembled as I inched upward, creeping up the rungs as quietly as I could. My heart banged so hard that it felt as if someone were hitting my chest. 
a couple more steps, and then I leaned forward, craning my neck to look inside. And then I looked up and saw... To find out what happens next, read Philippa Fisher's Fairy God Sister by Liz Kessler. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I don't know how to talk like a parent. Don't make me come back there. You see what I mean? It's pretty awful. Try it again. Don't make me come back there. Now that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. And now we have an 8-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Tariq El Amin, and you are listening to Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. And for those of you who are streaming with us on www.wcev1450.com, you're probably about five seconds behind. I'm hearing that there's like maybe a five second lag, but you're not missing. You'll, you'll catch up with us. We will wait for you. So as we come to the wind down portion of tonight's tonight's uh, show what's up Wednesday I wanted to just give you a little bit of background information on uh, on a big part of our Radio Islam fundraiser that's coming up on November 12th uh, at Ashton Place in Willowbrook and that part is the A for Arab art uh, exhibit and that is by uh, the late Jack Shaheen. So I wanted to just give you a little bit of information about who uh, Jack Shaheen was. And this is this is truncated. It's not, there's not a lot that I'm going to uh, share with you right now. But just to give you a little idea. So he was, and he just recently transitioned. He recently passed July 9th uh, of this year. He was a writer and lecturer specializing in addressing racial and ethnic stereotypes. And we see a lot of that today. Right. Well, that has not stopped. That's kind of the history of the United States, unfortunately. Uh, he is the author of Real Bad Arabs, uh, adapted to a 2006 documentary, The TV Arab, 1984, and Arab and Muslim Stereotyping in American Popular Culture. So Shaheen was born in Pittsburgh to Arab immigrants. Matter of fact, I believe he's of a Lebanese descent uh, and grew up in Clareton, Pennsylvania, 
Uh, he graduated from Clareton High School in 1953. In 57, he graduated from Carnegie Institute of Technology with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. In 64, he received a master's degree from Pennsylvania State University. And in 1969, Shaheen received a Ph.D. from the University of Missouri. His work focused on racism and Orientalism, particularly in popular culture such as Hollywood films. He delivered over a thousand lectures on the issue across the United States and on three continents. Shaheen was also a former CBS News consultant on Middle East Affairs and Professor Emeritus of Mass Communications at Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. To put this in context quickly, uh, in, with regard to Islamophobia, more than $200 million was spent towards promoting fear and hatred of Muslims in the United States by various organizations between 2008 and 2013. Now, this is, you know, we're looking at over 74 groups that uh, included feminist, Christian, Zionist, prominent news organizations, whether either funded or fostered Islamophobia. So his work was intimately familiar and uh, related to the money that is being spent to demonize and take the humanity from a group of people. So uh, we just want to share with you a short clip that talks about, uh, that gives you a little bit of insight as to uh, the work that he did. So here we go. Nobody talks about these issues openly. These issues, for some reason, are restricted to academic circles. And even with academe, very few people address these issues. Now, why is that? Because they open wounds. No one wants to acknowledge their prejudices. We're comfortable with our prejudices. And we all have our prejudices. Believe me, I have mine. You have yours. We have them. But I think it's sort of like... Um, Someone could say to me, and rightfully so, you know uh, that these stereotypes aren't going to go away. So why do you bother? Why don't you do something else? <laughs> well, what, for example? I mean, you know there's always going to be war. Do you stop trying to achieve peace? You know there's always going to be injustice. You know women are always going to be battered. You say, let's not try to prevent women from being battered. You know, and people that don't want to get involved. Very few of us actually have cataloged this process over time. And so what Jack has done for the academic community is really archive the history of this negative image, uh, the portrayal of Arabs, the portrayal of Muslims, and uh, allowed us a tool through which to analyze. There's All right, Radio Islam family. So you just get an idea as to, as to the type of work that he did. And that last comment in particular... Uh, I think is extremely important because our academicians, they have a responsibility to, well, they take on the responsibility of examining society, of examining the foundation, foundational elements, the, the, the things that become part of how we see ourselves uh, and one another, the things that shape our world worldview. And the media, our media is a big part of that. It's a big part of portraying us. It's a window, uh, not necessarily, it, it can be a window and a mirror, right, to tell us how to see one another and how to think about ourselves. I'm going to close with this. I was at a, uh, a meeting earlier, and it was, the, the purpose of it was to talk about how faith leaders, how clergy can address, better address um, domestic violence with more efficacy. Uh, and, and do it in a way 
that empowers those who are uh, who are in the midst of dealing with that, uh, respecting their own agency. And one of the things that came out of this meeting, one of the the the, ref- the one of the topics of of reframing of how we see it is is that any time we are witnessing any oppression, what we're looking at, instead of segmenting it, instead of putting it in this particular box or that box or whatever, we are witnessing an encroachment on human dignity. What Jack Shaheen was doing, uh, and I, I would welcome you, I urge you, you know, go to YouTube and look up some of his work, some of the talks, and some of the, the work that he's inspired that others have done, whether they be uh, Asian Americans, uh, Italian Americans, whatever they are, who have taken up the the challenge of examining the portrayals, the stereotypes, and what the stereotype does. The stereotype, in a sense, it takes away from our humanity. It takes away from that human dignity, the ability to be an individual, to be multifaceted, multilayered, and it puts us in these small boxes, and it others. It turns one group into another that's outside of the human, the human family, outside of the human experience, that's outside of our consideration. So I hope that, hope that made sense. So Radio Islam family, uh, I pray that we can make a commitment to, to standing up for human dignity, uh, regardless of the individual, the religion, um, gender or any of the, the boxes uh, that we fill out uh, and I think that if we do that then we make we give a, a direct contribution to making a, a better world one of the things that um, uh, Imam Wadafuddin uh, Muhammad uh, for those of you who don't know him I would Google him he, he, he passed uh, uh, not quite 10 years yet But one of the things that he charged people of faith with was to remake the world. He said, we have the responsibility of remaking the world. And we do that. That starts in how we see one another and how we see ourselves. So that being said, we're going to have to say good night to you all for uh, until tomorrow. And we pray that you have a a great evening. Uh, As always, Raider Slime family, sir. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. Uh, our engineer over at WCEV is Leonard. Leonard is back on the case again. So I, I'm, I'm counting, right? Leonard did a whole lot of time last week. So thank, thank you, Leonard. Uh, our, our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer, Tariq el Our executive producer, as always, Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, the views of the host uh, and guest are theirs and should not be taken as the views of sound vision. So have a beautiful evening. You and your families, may God continue to bless you all, bless us all, and keep us mindful of him. Uh, Amen. And I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.